All right, and we are live. Everyone, hello and welcome to another Chicago Blockchain Real Estate Collective meetup. Today is Thursday, July 9th. Um, wow, I don't even know how many we have under our belt now, but each one seems to get better and better. I know we're really excited for this one. I, I don't know, I guess I might be a little bit biased today because I get to actually break the ice. Not only am I co-hosting with Michael Flight today, but I'm going to share with you guys a little bit um, of my background and how I got into blockchain and real estate. But Again, let's not forget our main focus today, security, token offerings, token platform technology, and secondary market trading markets. This topic is going to be presented, uh, explained, gone into details with you today by a guy named Kyle Sondland. I'm going to give you a little bit on Kyle's background here um, in a few minutes. But first, as I mentioned, you know, I just want to break the ice on... Um, on my, on my blockchain story and how I ultimately ended up hosting this event with Michael Flight, who's just been such a major influence in my life, and then also how this brought me into the circle of LibertyFund.io. Quick marketing plug. If you haven't checked out LibertyFund.io, go ahead and check that out right now or make a note to go do it. Um, we're, it's a really great project that we're excited about. So when I look back on it, <clears throat> This was probably late 2016, early 2017, right around the time when uh, I was working a nine to five at the time and I quit my job and I started working in real estate full time at that time as a realtor. Anyone who uh, leaves their nine to five, I feel like for myself too, being at close to the age of 24 or 25, I'm like, oh my goodness, I got all this time on my hands. Like, what am I supposed to do now? Just make phone calls or whatever? Like you, you think you know what you're going to do. And then once you jump in the deep end, you're like, oh man, I don't know what to do. But one thing I did was I started going down the rabbit hole of Bitcoin because that's when that boom was happening. And then just kept researching it and researching. It. I'm like, man, this is like the greatest thing ever. How is like, how does it have such a bad reputation for, um, you know, it just didn't have the greatest reputation. I would definitely say here in 2020, you can use the word Bitcoin in common conversation and no one's going to like laugh at you anymore, but it wasn't the case back then. Uh, but I kept doing my research. I uh, came across a guy named Jeff Berwick, who had a YouTube channel, um, The Dollar Vigilante. We're not going to go into Jeff's content a whole lot today, but he's a crazy guy that uh, has really inspired me, to be honest. And I do recommend anyone, if you haven't heard of him, just go check out some of the stuff he's putting out there because it's very outside of the box. But Jeff had a country featured on his show, and the name of that country uh, is Lieberland. And Lieberland is the world's, as far as we know, and I do say we because I'm the host of the Lieberland show now. One thing led to another, <laughs> boom. But um, we at Lieberland are the only libertarian country in the entire world. Um, and our taxation system is voluntary, and there's a whole bunch of other just moments when you learn something new about Lieberland and you go, what? Uh, so well, it's a blockchain based company or it's, country too. Thank you. I, how could I almost forget that the country's yeah. built on blockchain and Michael is a major influence in the real estate sector of this country too. So if you want to learn anything more about uh, Lieberland, you can also reach out to us um, after this on that, go to Lieberland.org, plenty of information there. Um, but after hosting the Lieberland show, I had Roger Veer, on the show because he's a huge supporter of Lieberland and I was able to pull some strings with him and he got me on the Bitcoin.com podcast. And after going on the Bitcoin.com podcast, I think I had a couple people reach out and they said, awesome episode, great, you know, etc. Um, and then there's this two guys in Romania and one of their name is Vlad, but it's not the Vlad from Romania on this call who we just mentioned. Well, um, their names are both Vlad and Philippe. 
Vlad and Philippe, you're right. <laughs> That's Vlad. And actually, I should say, Michael, at any point in this story, please interject because, again, no, you're like, I'll stop. I'll no, stop. You're, no, you're a huge part of it. I, I, I need your side commentary for some of this. So, um, <laughs> so I want to say it was Philippe. It was two guys from Romania, Vlad and Philippe. And jokingly, we have a guy named Vlad Philippe on the call from Romania, but it's not him. Um, and they had put together this cryptocurrency project um, in a sense what they, I guess you could say there, it was kind of like a security token, Michael, right? Like, no, it's an ICO. ICO. Okay. Um, it was called Bedcoin, and it was really tied to basically hospitality and cryptocurrency. And that was the general outlook of their project. And to be honest, Vlad and Philippe, if you guys ever hear this, cause Philippe, I know you do listen to the show. Um, I don't know how Bedcoin is doing right now. I'm sure you could do a search on it, but it was really, um, we had some really funny moments, especially between Michael and I, as we were picking these guys' brain. Uh, Vlad, at one point, referenced uh, the John Wick Hotel as being a little bit of their idea for the for the for the current cryptocurrency. And uh, no, and Michael, you could use Bedcoin just like John Wick used the the gold coins to pay for the hotel, and you could use <laughs> Bedcoin to pay for the hotel too. Yeah. Okay, there we go. That's what it was. So we've we've just made uh, in the creation of Liberty Fund, we've made so many John Wick jokes. So we have to say thank you, Vlad and Philippe, for that. Um, and we still need to do our video um, going to strip clubs like they. <laughs> I was just oh. about to get into that. <laughs> oh, so sorry. that would no, that was kind of a part of their sales pitch because they really liked how excited we were to learn more about Bedcoin and, and Vlad one of the creators sent us a video that he put together. It was basically like a sales pitch on coming to visit Romania. And he was going out to like nightclubs and <laughs> strip clubs. And I, I, it was just like, all right. You know, we, we didn't quite know what Michael, you look like actually you have a comment on this. Uh, no, I actually ended up in Romania, you know, <laughs> I didn't get, get to any of the strip clubs, but you know, there, there were some karaoke bars and all night long things. And that's right. Do you, did, I think you actually, did you meet up with them? Uh, yeah. You did? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But that, yeah, that side of things, I guess, didn't happen. Maybe that's a good thing. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so this just continued to snowball. And then I have to give so much credit to Michael, who's really the one that realized like, wow, you know, if these guys are doing this, you know, we can do this. Why, why aren't more people, um, especially in the U.S., doing it? And again, because of laws and regulations, it is difficult to uh, put together the security token, a security token project. Uh, but I will say that, again, thanks to Michael's diligence and learning and networking and getting the right people in place, we joked on our call. We had a pre-call right before this, and I was just like getting to know Kyle. And I'm like, I don't know how Michael keeps finding all these people that are insanely smart close to my age. I, I don't know how I ended up here, but thank you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I guess last but not least, just to continue on to now, we find ourselves close to the launch of libertyfund.io. And we even had kind of a funny article go out recently that I think it was supposed to go out to a select email list that we have. Um, and I misinterpreted <laughs> Michael's email and I thought he wanted me to republish it as an article. So we did. And Liberty Fund's first article was titled something along the lines, what's the difference between an STO and STD, which is a little risque, but we found <laughs> out it, it's probably the best clickbait we've ever put out there because a lot of people started engaging <laughs> oh, with it. So um, now that that's all said, guys, that's really how I've ended up here. It's been a fun journey, and especially with this, this meetup going, I feel like it's definitely just the beginning. 
we're going to learn a lot, have a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, that's, that's the end of my story. I just want to know, Michael, you have any final comments? Well, I'd just like to explain how I got to um, Kyle um, and, uh, and then you can introduce Kyle. But uh, I, uh, you know, my, my journey in the STO uh, realm was I was interested, you know, in around 2017, 2018 in cryptocurrency, but I kept looking at it. And since I don't do math really well, because I went to a public school, I kept <laughs> thinking it's like, well, Bitcoin is still kind of fiat because, you know, it's like it's just out there and it's trading and stuff. And there's really nothing backing it. And so I'm like, what if you just take an ICO and tie it to a tangible real asset that had cash flow? And so that's what I was trying to do. And since my background is in retail real estate, I'm like, you could just um, do a bunch of triple net uh, deals spread throughout the country and you'd get all the stability, you'd get this like um, hard asset and you'd get cash flow and it would be something that actually was backed by something versus, like I said, I don't, you know, do the algorithms and stuff like that. So um, the, uh, the whole mining and stuff uh, like that is above my pay grade. I believe that, you know, it's, it's, you know, harder and harder to do, but like I said, it's just, um, that that's not my math thing. I'm, you know, just more of a literal thing. So I'm like, why not just tie it all together with, with that? And so basically I'm like, well, and then, you know, I found out that that was kind of called a stable coin. And then, um, I learned about, you know, later on security tokens and I started listening to podcasts and right. Um, Kyle, you can, you guys started probably in about August or, um, September of last year with the podcast. Actually, over a year ago now. Oh, just, okay. Just over a year. We had yeah. our year anniversary just, just last yeah. week. So I, I think I found you in about August, and um, it was like really high-quality stuff. You guys started explaining a lot of this stuff. I actually ended up going to a few different um, security token conferences, including um, security tokens realized over in London. I met a lot of people in the space, and uh, – you know, through that, and I've also got some friends that are like really uh, high up in um, different. Uh, Sam, what's Mike involved with? EOS, EOS. Yeah, EOS. That I. Yeah, and so he actually introduced me to Sam, who you know is interested in doing this. So we combined, um, you know, with some other people, and so Sam and Jordan and all the rest of it. We were now on this journey and we're very close to fruition of doing a um, STO offering uh, with a, a net lease. We, we're billing it as the, the world's first uh, net lease STO fund. So, and, but like I said, I, I can't recommend uh, highly enough Kyle and Herwig's uh, podcast. Uh, you could go, they've got also got a YouTube channel, which just pulls out, all the information on, you know, security tokens as it is, or you can listen to the whole podcast, which has uh, information on, you know, some of the latest news. Um, and they've also got a great website, uh, Security Token Advisory Group. Um, and, and also, I forgot, Security Token Market, um, which gives you up-to-date information about trading and, and who's doing what. So uh, with that, I'll, I'll throw it back to Adam, and he'll give him a proper uh, introduction. 
Yes. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for clarifying on everything. That, that was really helpful. And I just want to say also for anyone tuned in right now, uh, there is going to be a replay available of this uh, broadcast within 24 hours. Make sure you're subscribed to our meetup group, the Chicago Blockchain Real Estate Collective. Uh, we'll, we'll make sure we put a link in that here in the chat um, as we continue on. And also I'd say, Kyle, as I'm doing your introduction too, if there's anything that Michael just touched on that you can link to in the chat box, uh, please go ahead and put it in there. And one last encouragement, everyone on this call, use that chat box. We are going to really uh, use that to help guide us through this conversation because um, Kyle's here to to interact with you and, and share with you his knowledge. So Kyle Sondland, ladies and gentlemen, is a founding partner at Security Token Group. He's an entrepreneur, advisor, and investor who primarily works in the blockchain industry, using his knowledge and experience to consult in investments and specialize in merchant banking for security token offerings. Kyle is a founding partner of Security Token Group, an organization founded in 2018 that provides consulting, technical solutions, and investment banking services to help investors and businesses leverage the benefits of security tokens. For the past two years, Kyle has also held the position of CEO at Security Token Market, a listing website for STOs from all around the world. He also hosts, as we mentioned, a show called The Security Token Show, on which he discusses security token news, developments, and innovations. Ladies and gentlemen, we officially have 30 minutes to go. Here is your main guy, your main, <laughs> I almost said host. You're, uh, what, man, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of it. Here's Kyle Sondland, ladies and gentlemen. Guest. <laughs> well, how could I not think of that? Get it, Kyle. Take over. Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. It was That's very, very kind words to say. We uh, work really hard in the security token space. My, my business partner, Herwig, and I are just a couple guys that have been in the space now for three or four years watching security tokens develop out of, out of the cryptocurrency space, as you said. And we've got a couple primary business units. We've got the Security Token Advisors, which is a consulting business that, that focuses around helping issuers and issuance platforms and exchanges and all financial services providers all along the process figure out how they can all work together, especially helping issuers figure out what that process looks like because it is kind of complicated and it's something that's, that's new and, and it's helpful to have somebody that's, that's seen this before and done it before. And we have Security Token Market that, that you clearly identified that is the data company in the industry that, that tries to be the Bloomberg of the industry and provide a higher level of legitimacy and accountability to the projects and the issuers that are coming into the space. We do that in a few simple ways. The first way by providing price transparency and helping you figure out how these things are performing, right? This isn't something that's reinventing the wheel. It's think of it like a coin market cap or a Yahoo finance of the industry, but we go beyond that. And it's more of a media platform as well that provides market research reports compiled by our research team at Security Token Market that really dives deep into the price dynamics of the secondary markets of security tokens, as well as providing institutional level content from the security token advisor side in terms of structuring and, and, and research reports on the, the quarterly financing rounds and, and the, the growth of the infrastructure in the security token industry. And so with all of those different businesses, we, we do like to, to do what we can in the space. We have a lot of fun with it, but I will say we are not broker dealers. So we don't do investment banking services. We do much more of the, the consulting as well as, as more data and, and marketing focused efforts. Going from there, I think that we can talk a little bit about security tokens. You guys 
asked me before the call that maybe it would be interesting to first talk about maybe some of the differences in, in a security token versus maybe the cryptocurrency structure that, that a lot of people are familiar with. You certainly mentioned Bitcoin as well. And these are all applications of blockchain technology, but they're, they're definitely very different in, in how they work. And so I'm not going to take too much of this call to talk about Bitcoin because I'm sure you can find a lot of information on that online. And, and certainly this is much more focused around security tokens. So I think that it might be interesting to talk a little bit about the differences between an ICO versus an STO. And so when we talk about cryptocurrency, really what we're talking about is an economic incentive mechanism. And what I mean by that is that you have a company that's looking to drive traffic or drive users to a platform in exchange for capital and this for assets. In this case would be their ICO, their crypto coin that then you can use in the system. And so they kind of tried to fundraise for, for their efforts in terms of building a lot of these projects by leveraging a a cryptocurrency, which allowed for fractionalized ownership and transfer of assets across borders. And all these things are fantastic. It's revolutionary to be able to, to track and transfer assets on a global scale, the way that was pioneered in the cryptocurrency space. The problem was that investors just quickly realized that the technology behind the assets themselves wasn't enough to justify the value. And that didn't make it super interesting for an investor when they didn't really have a lot that they actually were able to invest in. They owned these tokens, but I think that as many people could recognize soon after the initial advent of these offerings was that, well, you know, I'm not actually buying a whole lot. I am kind of buying thin air. So even though the tokens work from a mechanics perspective and from a technology perspective, which was, was fascinating for me and for our team at Security Token Group, we, it, it was realized pretty quickly that, that these weren't super exciting from an investment perspective. And so... That, I think, inspired a lot of, of my early confidence in the security token space, being somebody that comes from an investment background, public equities particularly, and then I transferred into crypto as I watched this space grow. Coming from somebody that studied under the, the ideals of Ben Graham in The Intelligent Investor and, and Buffett, obviously, with his book Value Theses, is that you need to be able to find a, a real underlying asset that you're investing in, whether that's that's plants and manufacturing, like Buffett would always say, or even data driven by a lot of the NASDAQ successful companies we see today, which don't necessarily have a ton of book value or, or tangible assets, but they still have incredible value in what they've built in terms of their network effect and the data that they can collect and use to regress and aggregate across populations. And so what we saw in the security token space was, was my my constant efforts along with our team to push the idea that the technology was not flawed in the developments that we made in the Bitcoin and in the, the cryptocurrency space. And as you mentioned, that there was sometimes a bad taste in people's mouths around this idea of the token. And what we consistently tried to say is that it's not necessarily the token that's flawed. The token isn't bad. The tokens worked exactly how we intended it to work. You just bought bad tokens. And so if we can structure these things to provide something that is interesting for investors to buy and sell, that that would be, that that would be the preferred method in order to make that happen. Because that tokenization process, by leveraging the blockchain to issue fractionalized ownership on a global scale, allowed for, for more connected capital markets and more effective asset transfer. So when you talk about the differences between an ICO and an STO, an ICO was essentially creating a digital currency that was tracked on the blockchain that didn't have 
a significant asset that was underlying. That was not, it was not legally tied to anything. It wasn't tied to ownership in the company. It wasn't tied to ownership in a house. It wasn't tied to ownership in a fund. It didn't own anything. It didn't have any rights to anything. And the difference between that and the security token is that the security token essentially says, okay, well, instead of issuing an ICO, what we're going to do is we're going to issue real world assets. You are legally entitled by buying this token, legally entitled to a, an asset. And that can be an equity in a business, that could be property, that can be debt, that could be fund interests, that could be rights to profit sharing. It could be so many different assets. If you're legally entitled to that right to an asset that, that is expected to appreciate in value, that is a security, and that is what we're selling. And so the, the main differences from an asset perspective is just that, that the security token is legally tied to that underlying asset, which then does come with a few different regulatory constraints because you know, if you're selling a security, you do need to take the proper precautions and making sure that you're not scamming investors. So you need to, to make sure that not only you're not scamming investors, but you're not taking in, let's say, money laundered cash. And you need to make sure that you know who you're taking money from and that you're handling this responsibly because we live in a responsible financial system. It shouldn't scare anybody away. And so the security token is issuing that responsible financial vehicle representing underlying assets. And so that's, that's really what we're talking about. When we're talking about security tokens. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for uh, that level of detail there, Kyle. Guys, I hope that paints a clear picture for you um, on why, why we want Kyle here to share his knowledge and wisdom with us. As I mentioned in the chat box, guys, you know, feel free to type a question. I'm also going to pause here for a moment to give anyone tuned in an opportunity to uh, speak up um, and ask Kyle a question. So here we go. Raise your hand. Hey, guys. Dalton Scott here. Can I, uh, can I hop in? Please. Absolutely. Great. Well, uh, Adam, thank you for uh, setting up this collab. This is awesome. This is my first time doing this. And, uh, and uh, you know, Kyle, I just found your podcast the other day through Adam, through his post. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a multifamily real estate investor in uh, Austin, Texas. And I, I listened to your podcast the entire way to Dallas today. And it was just, you know, my new favorite podcast. And I, I, real quick, I just got to inter interject to here, guys. Dalton Sketch is like a 24-year-old just on fire, by the way. So he's, anyways, continue, Dalton. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Adam. But kind of like Michael and Adam, I'm also setting up a real estate investment company that I'm going to be focusing on doing digital security offerings in the, for all of my future real estate acquisitions. And, you know, I apologize for my ignorance in this conversation because I don't know everybody's backgrounds or anything like that. So I don't know where, where people work or what it is, but I'm really interested. What I found after interviewing and doing demos with solid block, polymath, securitized token soft, every company that I, I could, I found that probably for my company, the two best, um, the two best uh, platforms are Securitize and TokenSoft in terms of having an end-to-end -end solution. And so I wanted to ask Kyle or ask Michael and Adam too, kind of um, what they think is maybe the best platform or, or their thoughts in general on these two platforms. Yeah, I'm, I, I don't know how you want to, to run that down. First off, thanks a lot, Dalton. I really appreciate the kind words. We, we work hard on the podcast, probably spend somewhere between six to eight hours researching the content that we put into it. And so if you've never listened before, the, the breakdown really is about 15 minutes of industry news that's, that's led by, by my co-host Herwig and my business partner, um, Herwig Konings. And so he leads us off with that, or we start off with our companies of the week. 
rather. And that's where we find two companies in, in over the week that have been the, the biggest movers that really caught our attention for, for doing something unique or innovative or, or moving the space forward. So we first cover our companies of the week. And then from there, we spend about 15 minutes talking about the industry news that's led by Herwig. Then after that, we do about 15 minutes of secondary market analysis. And I, I lead that, that conversation, kind of talking about how the assets are performing. And then finally, we cover the final 15 minutes is, a, is about a, a main topic that we like to cover and really dig deep into some kind of, of the nitty gritties of security tokens, whether that's the, the token part and the, the technological piece that I explained, or it can cover a lot of that financial perspective of what a private security is, what those rules and regulations look like, who are the different pieces and intermediaries along that process. And again, a lot of that is, is what we do with security token advisors, the consulting business, where we have a lot of issuers come that need to figure out, okay, based off of the assets that you're working with and you're looking to tokenize, what are the best financial structures that you can use and who are the best providers that you can work with to make that process go smoothly? Because what we see a lot of times is that and this is such a broad industry. We're really talking about reinventing a lot of the, the financial sector, looking at the investment banking process and saying, what pieces of this can we cut out? But what pieces do we still need? And do we need to integrate together? And that's what we've seen. I think the most, the most difficult part so far of adoption has been not necessarily creating each individual puzzle piece, but it's actually making those pieces fit together smoothly because one company knows what they need to do, but they may not be necessarily focused on what's the easiest way for they can to pass on down the line to the next guy that does a different piece of the puzzle that they don't necessarily do and make for their business. And so that's, that's a lot of what we do with the consulting company as well as in the podcast is discuss these different pieces and how they can fit together and how they need to fit together in order to make this stuff work. So, so again, thanks for the, the, the podcast shout out. Um, and I can leave it up to, to, to you two. Uh, if you have yeah, I think a well. better, uh, you know, and, and a better mm -hmm. way to frame, I guess, the question could be, has, has anybody in here used Securitize or Tokensoft in their own business? And what was their experience? Well, let, let me jump in here. Um, I think um, what I'm going to, you know, kind of yell at uh, Kyle and Herwig is that uh, they don't, they never explain that, this is what they do in their uh, token advisory business. So we had to go out and like interview and I'll, I'm going to dump it over to Sam or, or Jordan really soon. But yeah, we interviewed um, seven different issuance companies. We interviewed uh, all kinds of KYC, AML companies. Uh, we interviewed uh, just about everybody in the tech stack. And I'm, not as familiar with the tech stack as those guys are, but um, you know we have been you know deep into doing this, and I think we we found the the solution that that we want. Um, and I'll dump it over to Sam, and you know Sam can kind of go through and uh, kind of give you an idea as to how we got to to where we are now. And Michael, can you also uh, put your email address in the chat box as well if anyone has follow up questions for you? Okay, go ahead, Sam. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'll throw my email in there as well. Um, so we definitely did an extensive, um, you know, vetting process, Securitize, Tokensoft, all the players that you mentioned. Um, and it seems like Securitize is, is the better way to go just in terms of how much they're um, involved in the tech stack and, and the different um, the moving pieces. And also they have a lot of partnerships, um, whether it's through, you know, fund administration, lawyers that they work with, um, or, you know, that they partnered with. 
And um, TokenSoft is, is, a, is a great platform, um, but I would say that Securitize is really ahead of them because they have their, um, you know, their broker-dealer license, or I'm sorry, not the broker-dealer license. They have their, um, what, I'm, I'm, I'm missing the term right now. Um, their custody, um, correct. They, they, they've got a custody solution with Coinbase, correct? Or is it their ATS, you mean, their transfer solution? Is it the ATS, yeah. alternative yeah, yeah. trading solution? Yep. Yeah. They they, neither has it. It's not an ATS. They they uh they have their tra transfer agent license. Transfer Both agent. Do. Both do. Yeah. They use yeah. their um the ATS. They have a, a partnership with T Zero. Um. So I mean, they uh they have great partnerships in place. TokenSoft is a little bit uh newer to the game, but they also have a great solution. But at the end of the day, I think the most comprehensive solution is um, Securitize. And there's some other, if you're specifically targeting like a, a European investor or a, an Asian investor, there's some other groups out there like InvestaX or um, um, what is it, Tokeny over in- uh, A couple of, Tokeny is, has really made a lot of waves. They've earned a lot of good money. They've, they've, they're a fantastic team. I know Stalker is, has been really successful so far. Black Manta Capital has also been great from a fundraising perspective. Um, and they use Tokeny as well. So there's, a, there's, there's a, a bunch of really good players. I think, Dalton, it really comes down to the assets that you're working with and, and the feel of, of the connection with the team. Um, certainly Securitize has issued more tokens, to my knowledge, that have reached the, the liquidity stage, right? They've, they've issued more throughout the entire life cycle that have reached that secondary market. Um, but we do know that, that, that TokenSoft is, is, you know, another equal competitor. I think that's, that's something that you need to, to, um, you know, figure out for yourself. There's not, I don't think there's one right answer there, but certainly you can reach out to security token advisors and, uh, you know, we're happy to, to dig into that a little bit more. For sure. Thanks guys. Cool. So from there, um, I'm happy to, to look at real estate a little bit more from, from how that's been tokenized so far and what the use cases are. I, I don't know if you have any other plans for this, guys, but I think that we also talked that maybe that's something that we could cover, um, maybe a little bit relevant for Dalton as well um, with his question, uh, if you want. Sure, let's yeah, do that. Go ahead. And then yeah, anyone who has questions along the way, please uh, just feel free to, to interject. We're, we're all friends here at this point. Please, yeah. No, I'm, I'm happy to... to, to talk about anything that, that anybody would like to. And certainly both of you jump in as well. Um, if, if you have anything to say, Adam or Michael. Um, but uh, I think what we've seen with, with the real estate is that this is an asset class that I think it's the second largest asset class in the world behind debt. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken, it's a huge asset class that has always been traditionally illiquid based off of the fact that you kind of have to buy and sell the whole house. Um, which just makes it pretty difficult when you're talking about, about you know, five, six, seven, eight plus figures. Um, the fractionalized ownership is, is a concept that is starting to, to come around more, maybe at the crowdfunding space, but has still never really been fully adopted uh, from the real estate sector. And so that's why it was always a huge promising use case for security tokens. I've been in this space for a while now. And so in 2017, 2018, when we were still kind of theorizing a lot of this stuff before many of the issuance platforms that we've named have even been built or even launched a product yet, real estate was still one of those use cases that was like, wow, this is going to transform real estate. And it took a little while, but we're seeing it as emerging as it's already 
I would say the most successful use case demonstrated by a security token today. If you go on stomarket.com, which is, which is our site where we've collected all of the live security tokens anywhere around the world internationally, and we've seen the breakdown is somewhere along the lines of like, I think there's 20 live tokens today, and we have maybe five or six funds. We have four or five equities and then we've got about 10 real estate assets that have been tokenized already. So real estate is already dominating the secondary markets, and we're also seeing it dominating the primary markets with the St. Regis Hotel in Aspen. Then you've got the, uh, a lot of those asset classes or, or, or tokenized assets from Europe. There's a lot in Germany that are being tokenized now in terms of hotels, in terms of residential properties in the UK. They're also being tokenized via Smartlands. So there's a lot of tokenized real estate and, and it's a very interesting structure. But what we've seen here in the US is that essentially it's, it's, it's not very complicated. And the way that, that we've seen it structured is that the property is owned 100% by, by the, the issuer. And so they essentially take their ownership, the deed of that property, and they transfer it to an LLC that they own 100%. So for them, nothing changes, right? They own 100% of the LLC that owns 100% of the property. But now that they own it in an LLC that they've transferred it into this vehicle, they can actually split that LLC into, let's say, 1,000 shares, or I think at max one, one of them has 3,800 shares, something along those lines. And so they, they can split it into these shares or fractions of the LLC and then sell those on the private markets. And so... From a financial perspective, that's all that, that matters from a regulator's perspective is that they fractionalize their ownership and now they're selling it. And so they need to be proper in how they onboard their investors. And so a lot of these properties have done public or private uh, security fundraising exemptions like Reg D and Reg S. Reg D is, a, is for in, or US investors to be able to participate, but they are accredited only. So that's a certain level of income that you need to reach to be able to have access to this property. And then they also often will use Reg S, which allows for international investors. And, uh, and so there's also there's rules around which investors you can take there as well, but uh, it's a little bit less stringent, I think, than, than the Reg D exemptions. And so they take on investors in the same way and sell fractions of this LLC to those investors. And then the tokenization aspect of it is essentially just the best way to do record keeping, as well as to distribute the dividends. So these are rental properties. So that means that there's not somebody living there in full time, it's a rented property that generates a rental income each year that is then paid in proportion to all the shareholders. So if you, owe, if you split the LLC into a thousand shares, well, then each shareholder is entitled to a thousand of the dividend that that rent accrues each year. The interesting thing about the current structure that we've seen in real estate properties that have been tokenized is that they actually are paying the rental income daily. So you buy it today and tomorrow you're already generating returns on your property, which has been very refreshing and very interesting and, and exciting, I think, for a lot of, of investors anywhere around the world, that they can immediately start generating an interest-bearing asset and, and immediately get those things paid out. And so the tokenization piece of it allows for that ease of transfer across borders. It allows for easy sending from one place to another very cheaply, but it also allows for the programmatic distribution of dividends. So we have smart contracts that are built into this, this 
LLC so that as the LLC gets the money, the money is then just sent out programmatically to each of the thousand shareholders. And so the real estate property owner who may own, I don't know, 50, 60, 70% of the property, they don't even need to worry about the rental income. It's managed by a third party property manager, distributed into the escrow, and then sent out fractionally to all of the shareholders. And so there's no risk of that owner you know, mishandling those funds or whatever. It's just programmatically distributed very cost-effectively daily to each shareholder of the property. And then they can buy and sell those things. Right now, they are trading on the Uniswap decentralized exchange, which for more or less is essentially just a technology provider. You have to go through and clear your identification to get access to be able to participate in buying or selling this thing on secondary market. So you still need to reach that accreditation status or, or you know, check off the, the requirements met by your local jurisdiction. And once you are approved, then you have an approved wallet that would be on their restricted whitelist, which then would allow you to buy and sell these assets. And so that's, that's essentially how this thing is structured. It's essentially a fractionalized ownership structure of an LLC that it then uses the tokenization piece as an underlayer to facilitate the ease of transfer. And I think there's over 50 countries now that have bought and held onto these tokens of real estate of the US-based real estate around the world, which is a fascinating concept and it's something that is, is, is already being put into play, but it's pretty clear, at least to me, to see where anyone around the world would love to have access to US-based real estate that is paying dividends. It's, 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 it's a great investment, I think, for, for a lot of people around the world. Certainly, this is not investment advice, but um, it makes a lot of sense when you look at currencies around the world that are inflating or going crazy or stock markets that are going crazy. And this is a way to really buy into a real-world asset and of the US market, which is, which is one of the most successful in history. Well, and Kyle really hit on what, you know, I, I you know, really um, got me excited. It's like, you know, you can create wealth for millions of invest average investors worldwide. You know, this is like something that, you know, you could put together, you know, for lack of a better word, a product or an idea or, you know, just put together. So like whether it's one individual house, which I know there's, there's some, some guys out there doing that, um, whether it's one individual office building, and what gets us really excited is that we believe that the bigger our fund gets, the more stable it gets because the more geographic diversification, the more uh, industry diversification, and the more credit diversification. And so we said, this is so great because people from all over the world can come here and get a piece of this, this stability, this security, this, you know, uh, put with, you know, transparency that is really not available uh, it wasn't available three years ago. So that's why, um, you know, we're just really excited about it. We think it's revolutionary and, um, you know, we, we just think it's going to grow. Um, and I was telling Kyle uh, that uh, he and Herwig are in on the ground floor of this. And uh, it's just, you know, it, it's going to be an adoption phase. And then uh, we already see larger, uh, financial institutions. I come from an institutional background. You know, my partner comes from an institutional real estate background. And so, um, you know, if somebody, your average investor can get a piece of an institutional, you know, type of property, um, you know, with all that, you know, gives them, like I said, in terms of security, um, you know, this is just, it's going to create wealth for a whole new class of investor. And Absolutely. then Kyle didn't even hit on the fact that 
um, you can also take that token and then, you know, use that. There's the, uh, what's it called? The DeFi stuff where you can mm-hmm. actually like use the equity in that token and, and borrow against that and start a business or, you know, so you can like use the token as, you know, a, an investment to grow that. And then you borrow against it to invest in something else. So absolutely. Uh, it's really exciting possibilities. It's, it's fascinating. It's very, very fascinating for sure. Yeah. Fantastic information. Um, so far here today, expect nothing less. Sam Halawi had a great series of questions here and we'll probably use this to close it out. Sam, I don't know, are you still here with us? Would you mind just unmuting and, and asking the question? Yeah, sure thing. So um, I just want to ask, where are you seeing most of the liquidity coming from in, in the security token space? And also, how do you guys source your, your trading data? Is it you know using you know blockchain explorers and, and those type of tools or what, it, what exactly you know, what type of tools do you guys leverage? That's a great question. Yeah. So for the first part of your question, where the most liquidity is coming from, it's by far and away from T0. So you may have heard of T0. They did a security token offering fundraise. It was very high profile back in the ICO days. They were one of the innovators that actually saw the potential of, of this fundraise method and leveraging security tokens head by, by Dr. Patrick Byrne, their, their former CEO, who was very a visionary in the blockchain space and saw a lot of this coming. And they fundraised a, a tremendous amount for their security token and launched their ATS. So we covered this slightly before, but this is the, the I think, a step below a national stock exchange. So they can, they can facilitate transfer, but there are some restrictions on what they can and can't do. And so they launched essentially the first marketplace for security tokens and on top of their own asset that they trade, which is the T zero token. um, They also are owned by public company overstock.com, which is publicly traded on the NASDAQ exchange. And so what they actually did with Overstock is issue a Overstock security token dividend that is pretty much the exact same rights as the public shares. It's actually entitled to a little bit more in terms of liquidation preference. So they're essentially a one-to-one ratio, if not a little bit leaned towards, skewed towards the security token in terms of value. And they issued this to their public shareholders in all of the public markets and said, here's a security token. You can only trade it on T0. It's the same ownership as a share of your overstock. And now you just have one more. And now it's in the form of a security token. And since that's happened, the the T0 exchange has, has blown up. We're seeing what was once, you know, a, a few hundred thousand dollars in monthly volume, T0 is now doing millions per week. They have blown up. The assets are up, I think, almost 100% in just the last two weeks. It's been going crazy because investors have recognized the value of, of these things that were incredibly undervalued and because people hadn't recognized it, it yet. And so we've seen tremendous increases in the T0 ATS or marketplace. And that's where most of liquidity is right now. However, there are a lot of other successful operations that are just on a smaller size because they don't quite have the same steroid shot that, that T0 did with having a public company being able to trade on their exchange. So we're seeing Uniswap Exchange, which is a decentralized exchange offering great options for real estate properties. That's where all the real estate is, is on Uniswap right now. Um, there's also Open Finance Network, which was an other, another early competitor to T0, but they, they weren't quite able to, to hang in there quite as much with T0. They're still functioning, they're still trading, but, but the volumes there just aren't quite the same level. Um, 
to open to your second question in terms of where we get our data, the data that he's referencing, obviously, is from stomarket.com, security token market. And that's where we host all of the pricing data, as well as our market reports that, that have been cited all over the place um, and, and have been a lot of fun to make. And so we actually cite that source that data directly from APIs from the exchanges, as well as, as you've correctly identified, through the Block Explorer. So depending on the issuer and the issuance platform, as well as the, the marketplace that an asset is trading on, we, we have to make you know, different compromises and different integrations for that. So um, for some of the, the exchanges and marketplaces, we have a direct API with that firm. Other exchanges, we're able to get the, the live prices or the token price from the issuers themselves and then use the Block Explorer to see the trading volumes and, and the quantities of these assets that are trading over a period of time. And then by pinging the API can get the price based off of that. So it does depend on, on the exchange. We make it all work. And that's, I think, the beauty of security token market is that as we've, we've worked with more investment firms, with brokers and things like that, they've shown tremendous demand in just buying an easy one-stop shop subscription from security token market that they can just buy a subscription to our API and get all of the pricing data. They don't need to work with all the exchanges and do each thing individually. They can just get the one data feed now of over $250 million in trading tokens. So, um, so we source it from everywhere and then we aggregate it into one Bloomberg style. Boom. Bloomberg style. <laughs> Michael, did you have a comment? We're, uh, we're getting ready to wrap it up here. I just want to say that um, I, I really thank uh, you for coming on, Kyle. Uh, there, there's, this is going to be evergreen because we're going to have a video up on the meetup. Uh, the video is also going to be up on our ConcordiaRealty.com website. And then uh, as we get fully more integrated, uh, it'll be on the LibertyFund.io website. Uh, but I really strongly encourage people to go look up the Security Token Show, um, look up the Security Token Show YouTube channel, uh, look up STO Marketplace, and uh, look up Security Token Advisors. So it, you, you'll get it all right there. Um, it's a great primer. And like I said, uh, it probably would have saved a lot of time if you know, they would every once in a while mention the fact that they do advisory. Noted. Noted. We don't want to shamelessly plug too much, but but I think it's good advice, and, and we may have to do that in the future. But thank you so much for the for the, the kind words. You can definitely hit me up on Twitter at Kyle Somlin. Send me a DM. Mine are open. I love talking to people and communicating. So if you have any questions, if there's anything that you want to know, just just hit me up there, and, and uh, I'm happy to have a conversation. Perfect. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Michael. Uh, thank you, everyone else who got involved today. As Michael mentioned, this is going to be evergreen. Uh, you guys joined us here today at the Chicago Blockchain Real Estate Collective Meetup. Our next meetup is three weeks from now, July 30th. The guest speaker on that day is still to be determined. Uh, we definitely have some interesting people in the pipeline, though, so uh, stay tuned. And nice. let's Oh yeah, we're, we're looking forward to it. Um, the replay, as I mentioned, or, and we all mentioned actually, will be posted in the Meetup group. Want to make sure that you go to meetup.com and subscribe to the Chicago Blockchain Real Estate Collective, even if you don't live in Chicago. Uh, clearly, this is a virtual world we're living in, especially right now. Um, and we'd love to have you and, and continue to build uh, on this foundation of, you know, as we mentioned, we're all early adopters and we're excited to see where this goes. Last but not least, a little plug for myself too. My podcast, Dream Chasers, the replay will be available on the Dream Chasers feed as well, guys. So make sure you check that out. And uh, that's all we have. Um, I'll also say we're all on LinkedIn too. LinkedIn is a great place to find everyone on this call as well. So uh, 
Again, thank you for joining us today. One more thank you to Kyle, Michael, Sam, Jordan, Dalton. I saw Fletcher in there, Vlad. Oh, man, uh, if I missed anyone just now, forgive me. Uh, and we will see you guys in three weeks. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Bye now.